name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. From today's epistle, quote, Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world, and has departed to Thessalonica. Only Luke is with me. St. Luke was a doctor and missionary companion of St. Paul. He is the most prolific New Testament writer. The combined length of Luke's gospel and its sequel acts exceeds the length of all of the writings of St. Paul. Some believe that St. Luke was a Gentile, but this is far from certain or maybe uncertain. It is possible that he was a Hellenized or Greek-speaking Jew. The Orthodox tradition is that St. Luke was one of the 70 others sent out by Jesus, which accounts for why it is a gospel or the gospel for St. Luke's day. A tradition holds that St. Luke is the father of iconography, having produced or written the first icon of the Blessed Virgin with child. The lessons for St. Luke's day speak of the beginning and the end of mission. In the gospel, Jesus begins the mission by sending the 70 out, including, according to tradition, St. Luke. In the epistle, St. Paul writes at the end of his missionary work, quote, the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I have kept the faith. I have finished the course. And Luke was with him there also. Of course, St. Luke's own mission work continued in his writing of his gospel and acts. And these two writings are extremely important. Without Luke's gospel and acts, we would not know the Annunciation, the parable of the prodigal son, the penitent thief on the cross, the story of the Holy Spirit being given to the Gentiles, or the conversion of St. Paul, among many other things. The sending out to the 70 teaches lessons about mission. 70 is a symbolic number in the Bible. The number seven represents fullness or completeness. Seventy is a multiple of seven and emphasizes this. For example, when Peter asked Jesus if forgiving his brother seven times was sufficient, Jesus said, I do not say seven times, but to 70 times seven. The multiple emphasized complete forgiveness. In Genesis 10, the descendants of Noah who became particular nations numbered 70. And these nations were scattered in the Tower of Babel incident in Genesis chapter 11. In Genesis chapter 12, God called Abraham and said that through him, quote, all nations will be blessed. Thus, the attempt of the nations to lift themselves up to God in the Tower of Babel failed. But God established his own program to regather the nations in Abraham. The sending of the 70 then can represent 
both the fullness of the audience to whom the mission is directed, all nations beginning with Israel, and also the fullness of the church that is to be involved in the mission, each according to his or her gifts. This second point is highlighted by another Old Testament story, the story of the 70 elders in Numbers chapter 11. In this scene, Moses complained that the burden of dealing with all of the people's problems was too great. In response, God told him to choose 70 elders to bear the burden with him. After the 70 were chosen, God took some of the spirit that was upon Moses and put it upon the 70 elders. And they, according to Numbers, quote, prophesied a sort of foreshadowing of Pentecost. Moses' assistant, Joshua, objected when he saw two of the 70 prophesying among the people in the camp. He thought Moses should be the only prophet. In response, Moses said to Joshua, Are you zealous for my sake? Oh, that all the Lord's people were prophets, and the Lord would put his spirit upon them. And this also points us to Pentecost, where the spirit, given in the Old Testament only to prophets, priests, and kings, was given to everyone. Against this backdrop, the 70 others being outside of the group of the apostles represents the inclusion of the whole church in mission. Jesus sends you out also to do your part of the work. That Jesus sent out 70 others shows that Jesus was a willing delegator. He entrusts his work to other people. And this teaches us that we should let others help us in our work. To try to control things by doing everything all by ourselves is not biblical. And Jesus sent them out two by two, not alone. The gospel says that Jesus sent the 70 others out two by two before his face. This is the same language that is used of the ministry of John the Baptist, who was sent, quote, before his face to prepare his way. This highlights that our work only prepares the way for God, for Christ, <clears throat> to do his work. The words of St. Paul describing ministry in Corinth are instructive here. He writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6, quote, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase, so that neither he who plants is anything, <clears throat> nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Now he who plants and he who waters are both one, and each will receive his own reward according to his labor, for we are God's fellow workers. Our work that we're sent out to do participates in God's work. But God is the one who makes our work fruitful. <clears throat> this should give us freedom in our ministry, in the work we do, to focus on the work itself 
and let God be concerned about the results. The epistle discusses the end of mission. And the epistle reveals that St. Paul experienced loneliness and abandonment in his mission work. Quote, Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. Only Luke is with me. Demas is mentioned in a few other Bible passages. His name is always next to Luke's. In Colossians, St. Paul writes, Luke, the beloved physician, and Demas greet you. In Philemon, St. Paul passes along greetings from Luke and Demas, whom he calls my fellow laborers. What led Demas to forsake Paul? Had the work become too arduous? Did they have an argument? Did Demas develop doubts? We only know that St. Paul felt the sting of abandonment by his longtime co-worker. However, the sting was softened by the presence of the faithful Luke. Luke is with me. It is easy to romanticize mission work, but all effective mission and ministry requires perseverance and faithfulness through trial. The Bible stories about St. Paul's ministry highlight significant moments and themes of his mission work. And even the trials as they're presented can sound rather glorious. The stories tend to obscure how much of his ministry, the overwhelming majority of the time spent in it, involved tedious travel, rejection, discomfort, and loneliness. All genuine ministry has two characteristics. First, it leads to lives that are changed by God's grace. Second, it proves itself through suffering and perseverance. And these two characteristics are related. Lives are changed by God's grace only as we persevere faithfully through trial. It is our sharing in the cross that forms us in the image of Christ, and our attempts to avoid the cross stunt our growth and handicap our ministry. As we persevere in the faith, there is an irreplaceable value to those who endure with us. In Philippians, St. Paul speaks of the, quote, fellowship of Christ's sufferings. This fellowship is our union with Christ in his cross and also our union with each other in the Christian vocation of bearing our crosses with Jesus. Our koinonia, our communion, is rooted in our common battle against the world, the flesh, and the devil. The details of our stories are all different, but the overarching theme is the same. People sometimes ask, what can I do for the church? The question is typically aimed at 
something short-term and noteworthy. But what the church really needs is ordinary faithfulness over time. Faithfulness in prayer. Faithfulness in using our gifts. Faithfulness to Christ and to each other. When we each endure with each other in the work, when we are patient with each other and present for each other, when we forgive and forbear one another in love, God works through our labor to build the church, just as God built the early church through the persevering labor of St. Paul and people like St. Luke. Today we celebrate St. Luke the Evangelist, the beloved physician and co-worker, as one who was sent out into the mission field and remained faithful to the end. His faithful faithfulness calls to mind the words that Luke himself records in his gospel in chapter 22, verses 28 through 30. The words of Jesus, quote, You are those who have continued with me in my trials, and I have bestowed upon you a kingdom, just as my Father bestowed one upon me, that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.